Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Welcome back, listeners. We have Hi, everyone. another thrilling guest on today, and I think that our guests are really helping us get through this pandemic slump that we've just been in for a year and change. So <laughs> I'll just yeah. jump in and, and say that. Actually, the weather here in California has been really mellow, too, which I know we don't have a right to complain, but I think we're just all kind of itching for summer to get here already. Yes. Warmer days and warmer nights. I don't know about it being longer days. I don't need to have my two-year-old up longer than her bedtime, but it's always nice to have a few of those days, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been, I feel like I put Logan down and it's still light out the last few days. And and luckily he's a good sleeper because otherwise I'd be like, ugh, full blackout curtain. So yeah, it's almost there. That's a good investment, blackout curtains. It's just like all around. It's just a good investment. <laughs> well, like we got blackout curtains, but uh-huh. they're not long enough. Oh, no. So they're like to the very length of the window, but not past the window. So there's just the sliver on both sides oh, that makes no. it enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it's fine. In. I mean, luckily, knock on wood, we got lucky with a good sleeper. So he doesn't think he's fair. So I'm like, if it's not broke. Yeah, that's true. That is really good. That is lucky. Well, so like I said, we're thrilled to have our guest on today from Modern Mommy Doc. She is an MD, MPH, FAAP, board certified practicing pediatrician. I was going to say practitioner because that's what we call lawyers sometimes. I don't know where that came from. But she's also the creator of the popular website, ModernMommyDoc.com. We are thrilled to have Dr. Whitney on. Dr. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on can you please introduce yourself i thought i was gonna mess up your last name so that's why i called you by your first name (laughs) even though i just asked you absolutely thank you for having me on and uh everybody messes up the last name which is totally fine which is why i also go by dr whitney on all my platforms as well so no worries there it's great to be here and unlike you all it sounds like i did not have a good sleeper with my first child and uh, that's actually what got me going on this journey is that i have been a pediatrician for about 11 years now here in Portland, Oregon. That's where I practice. And I was a journalism major in my undergraduate school. And I always had these plans kind of outside of medicine where I really wanted to do stuff that was about community work, that was about supporting social emotional health. When I was in medical school, I did kind of some teen parent programs that were about mental Mm -hmm. health for them and also in residency. And then I became a pediatrician and all of these moms would ask me all of these questions that had to do with their baby's health, but were less about exactly how much banana to feed them. You know, they were more about things that were really a little deeper and that were about managing their own anxiety Mm -hmm. and advice about kind of more complex issues. And so when I had my own daughter, I started to really relate to those struggles that they were having because my daughter didn't sleep for more than 45 minutes at a time. She was uber colicky. 
um, in uh, as she grew older and as she became you know three year old, she developed a really severe anxiety disorder, and which was probably contributing to some of her sleep issues earlier on. Yeah, um, you know, I went down the path like many of my parents do of needing to go to psychologists, needing to go even to a psychiatrist, having to get a parent coach for myself and. My husband, who didn't have the training that I did, you know, reading a lot of books that I would have never read as a pediatrician because you don't get that kind of training early on. You have to kind of teach yourself and learn as you go and really make an investment for yourself. And so I started talking to other moms about these issues I was facing and dealing with my own mental health as my child's needs became really overwhelming for me and making sure I felt more centered and found ways to do that. And then I started writing down in blog format, these are the things that I'm learning about and these are these common issues that people keep bringing to me. And then the blog became a book and then the book got published by the American Academy of Pediatrics. That's my first book. I mean, just the dream, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You can't go with a better authority on parenting and health than the American Academy of Pediatrics. I feel very, very blessed that they picked up the book. I published it myself at first and then they picked it up. And then they said, you know, what we'd really love is if you wrote a book for working moms, because Mm. we know that so many moms have struggles, whatever they may be small, but we all have struggles with our kids. And also we have struggles just taking care of ourselves and keeping ourselves whole in the midst of trying to balance being at work, being with our kids, doing all the things that are on our laundry list of mental to-dos. And so I went for it, and, and that book is coming out in, in May. Oh, well, I'm looking so forward exciting. to that. I did not – I was not lucky enough to have a good a sleeper as, as Amanda does, but I just feel like it was so long ago now, right, because we were able to get through it, but I was completely obsessed with her sleep and, you know, just getting caught up in reading all the different blogs and different – Pinterest sites and it's just like everybody has an opinion and everybody's like oh yeah you just do this or you just do it and you just like don't know where to go and our pediatrician was wonderful she was a mom of two and was like really encouraging and would just be like no she's fine like don't worry about it like but in a really caring and not kind of judgmental or dismissive way you know because she was able to see her from a different perspective and it's hard when you're a first-time parent because You just, everything feels like it's never going to end, right? Like Uh they're never going to sleep through the night. Like they're never going to be able to do this on there. They're never, and then one day it happens. So that is amazing that that was kind of the inspiration and really the key, you know, part in your personal journey that you were able to kind of turn into something wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right in just this feeling, two things you mentioned really, really hit home for me. Yeah. One is just this chatter. Yeah. Right. There's so yeah. much chatter uh-huh. out there with for people who aren't experts telling us how we should do things or what we should think about or what's the right way or what's the wrong way. It's confusing for parents when they don't have someone that they feel like is kind of in their corner and that they can just trust. It sounds like your pediatrician was good at just being straightforward with you, absolutely, you know, and not wishy-washy with you. Yes. Yes. I know. Cause I, I know other friends have had very 
wishy-washy, right? And instead of kind of opening up about their own experience, it's just like very, <laughs> oh, well, you know, it, this is what, you know, the American Pediatrician Association is saying right now. And it's just like, okay, yeah, but can you be real with me a little bit? Like, so yeah, I definitely, yeah. I've yeah. definitely heard. Yeah. And I think that there's just something to it, right? Like, you know, of course she would always say, hey, this is what we're recommending. This is what I, you know, I did when I would, like almost like taking it with a grain of salt, which is nice because a lot of the bloggers that aren't like experts, there's some form of truth, right? Or there was somebody that wrote a book and then they like read the book and then they interpreted the book. And then, and so because you start seeing the same things like enough that you just take them for truth, right? And right. Well, um, it like, works for one kid or yes. one family. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, well, it worked for me. I mean, we, we had a similar situation with our pediatrician. He had a son a month before we had Logan. And so, and it was like his first. So it's been crazy. Like every time we go in for an appointment, which we've had a lot, I'll like ask him how everything's going with it. So like he's going through things like literally like right before us. And so that's been really nice. because He's been really open about like, these are the things that we've tried. These are the things that didn't work. These are the things that did work. Like not just his professional experience, but like his personal experience has been, has been nice because just having someone who's willing to just have those conversations, I think is, is helpful and not just be like, Nope, this is the way you have to do it. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And that was the other thing I was going to say that struck me from what you were mentioning is just this idea of no matter what's going on for us, if we have a baby with sleep issues, if we have a child who has developmental differences or is differently wired, right, just knowing that we're not alone in that experience, knowing that we're not completely like at some like way far and like left or right, you know, in terms of what we're experiencing, it's so comforting. Just that commonality and common humanity makes a difference to know that we're not, we're not alone. So I, I appreciate that in my own pediatrician for my kids. And absolutely. That's what I offer for my kids. I remember there was one time that I had a mom who, who called and she complained to our office manager. She goes, you know, she said to me, you know, here. Here's the options. Here's the different things we could do. If this were my kid, this, these are the things I would be thinking about. Yeah. And she's the only person in my entire career who has ever, like, not taken that well. Oh. <laughs> she, I don't want to know what you would do. With your oh. Kids. Yeah. But most people love yeah. that. Well, I was right? just going to say, I would what love would that. Do? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or at, so, at minimum, um, you just take it with a grain of salt, right? Like, and it doesn't leak. Right. Like, I get it. There's some people out there where, you know, you're saying something along the lines of like, oh, well, I'm going to put my child in daycare. And then you have somebody passively aggressive being like, well, I would never put my sure. child in. And oh, it's yeah. just like, okay, yeah. well, you're being passive aggressive. And I don't appreciate it. Like, this works for my family. And I'm not asking for right. your opinion. But it doesn't sound like... You do not sound like that person whatsoever. <laughs> no, and my point is just that she was like one in a million. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I think that the the vast majority of the people are looking for that, either from their support network. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. always talking to people about you need a village around you. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what type of kiddo that you have, um, what right. issues that your kiddo has that they're facing, you need a village um, for a couple of reasons like one just for support and for people to talk to mom friends dad friends yep. um and also for people to help you so that you're not the person who has to do every single thing for your kids so you right. can kind of delegate a few things or do some swaps with other people and also so you just don't feel alone yeah especially you know 
as a first time parent, you know, when you say, oh, my child does this or and everybody's like, yeah, my yeah, we that happens. And you're just like, oh, OK. But it's just like you experiencing it for the first time. So you don't know what other kids do. Um, I've, I've found comfort in that, <laughs> in that like, oh, OK, that's really cool. And, you know, one of the other well, things- I think it's even crazier now, you know, being COVID. Like I said, so I had my son in September. So total COVID baby, almost completely COVID pregnancy, been basically home the whole time working from home. And it's been crazy because like as much as the one fortunate thing I can say is that I joined a mommy and me class early on to like get out of the house and like have some form of like talking to other moms that are going through like right then and there. But it is different, like not being out in the world. Like I haven't had as much of the, you know, you're at the grocery store and someone comments on your baby and says something about your baby. Or like, oh, are they walking yet? Or, oh, are they? I don't get that as much as I'm not out. But there is so much on social media about that. Like I try to follow a bunch of pages for like, you know, tips and like support and stuff. But there's definitely a lot of clutter out there of that same you know, your baby should be doing this or that, or, you know, you see other babies doing things that may be faster or slower than your baby. And I mean, it does get crazy. Yeah. And I always am advising people, you know, look to see what the credentials are of the people who yes. are talking, right? Yep. Anybody can call themselves like a life coach or anybody mm-hmm. can call themselves, you know, a, a person who's a nutrition expert, but do they mm-hmm. have registered dietitian by their name? Right. Or are they right. a psychologist or a psychiatrist? You know, <laughs> are they, are they a lawyer? You know, like you guys, th- th- those are, those are the things you want to know, right? Because the cool thing, actually, I mean, I was just saying this to a patient earlier today is before I think it used to be that the only people on Instagram on social were people who were kind of taking selfies of themselves, you know, or us right. all doing our personal thing with our right. friends. But now every single organization is on those too. So you actually can find really reputable information and in those mm-hmm. small bite-sized chunks yeah. that yeah. we all only have the attention for. But <laughs> exactly. Stand for anyway, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and that's why we were really, we were thrilled to have you on because as a pediatrician and kind of not just content creator, but really wanting to delve into that topic of the working mom, which obviously Amanda and I, right? So I wanted to kind of like shift gears and talk a little bit more about your thoughts for the book and what you want it to mean to people. I know, you know, it's about setting priorities and self-care. Can you talk a little bit more about just kind of after obviously they approached you and they were like, hey, can you think about the working mom? Like, did were you able to kind of delve into yourself? Like, tell us about that journey. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I had, so before I had kids, I was the type of person who was a sign me up. I'll be the person on the committee. I can stay extra. I'll do it all. You know, I'm I'm like committed to a fault. Right. And so I would be the person who would just be like grinding in part because I wanted to. And in part because there's all these women who came before me Mm -hmm. who worked really hard to be able to have me be in these positions. And also I think, you know, there's this lean in mentality of, like lean in all the way, you know, and that worked for me before I had kids because I didn't yeah. have anything else going on, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then when I had my kids and especially this kiddo who was higher needs, I just felt pulled in every single direction. And I felt like if I wasn't doing a good job, if I was doing a good job at home, it meant I really wasn't able to do as good a job at my workplace because I was missing work for appointments I needed to go to or my mind was elsewhere in terms of thinking about her needs and vice versa. And so I would find myself kind of like yo-yoing back and forth between those two places. 
And I found myself in terms of my ability to take care of myself really getting lost because I would go overboard in both directions. And then I would be kind of like feeling really resentful about all of this that was piled on top of me, you know, including housework and finding kids up for camps and all those types of things too, right? That I haven't even talked about household duties. And then I would just like my, my, lid would flip. We talk about that in developmental pediatrics, mm-hmm. right? That like once you build up too much pressure inside any type of system, it just like explodes. And so I would get mad at my husband. I would like go watch Netflix for a whole night and like binge watch it. I would probably drink a little bit too much. You know, right, I right. know I overate like in an effort just to try to soothe this part of me that I really was not attending to on a regular basis. And I can remember this night, you know, in the shower, like my daughter had had a regression in her behavior and she had actually was having like accidents all over our, our carpet, carpet, my younger daughter, I could tell was really being left in the dust. I had a bad day at work and I'm just like sobbing in the shower. The water's running over me. I just feel like there has to be some other way. And so I really started diving into how do I create a sustainable system, like a framework for myself and that would work for other moms? And I wasn't thinking about it for other moms at the time. I mean, I was just thinking about it for for myself, really, to be honest. And that would allow me to be like attuned to my needs, so attuned to myself, so trusting of what my needs were and and of what my priorities were. Mm. And in my life, so that I could tell where to kind of place my energy and my time throughout the day and what things matter, like what things were on the outside of what I call now the centered circle, right? Mm. So like if there's Mm. all these things in my life that do matter, my family, my kids, my work, my missional stuff I do at Modern Mommy Doc, there's all this stuff outside of that, like the chores and the signups and the PTA meetings and like all of that. I just don't care like one bit about, right? (laughs) And how do I place basically the least amount of energy on those things and place the most amount of energy on the things that matter to me. And then even between two things that are extremely important to me, like my kids and my work, for example, there are times where I still could feel conflicted. And so how do I then listen to myself enough to and know myself enough to be able to say, huh, you have that feeling that's coming up, that conflict feeling, conflicted yep. feeling, okay, what's the decision I need to make? And I'm like respecting myself when that feeling came up and being okay with the feeling and then kind of taking action only after I address that inner conflict that was coming up for me. A lot of self-reflection and it's not easy, especially right. in the culture that we have and as professionals, right? And professional women who are sometimes fed, uh, you can have it all like, yeah, it's like this, but it's like, it's not possible. It's just like something right. has to give. And I think, yeah. yeah, with what little energy one has, you really have to protect it. But like pre-COVID, everyone's just going, 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 right? I think the one mm-hmm. thing about COVID, at least for me, was a reset in a major way that I don't think I could have ever gotten to. And that was just because the world stopped. Mm-hmm. And expectations mm-hmm. like had to change. So yeah, I definitely find that 
protection of the energy and that shift in perspective. And I've heard it before, right? It's just like, okay, like it's not about the, you know, quantity of time. Like with your child, it's the quality time. Like, are you going to make it to, you know, baseball games? Are you going to make it to, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think, you know, really being able to as quickly as you can, once you become a mom, realize you have to take care of yourself first. I don't think that's talked about enough. And I think that's what I find really intriguing about this new book that you have, right? In terms of what does that mean for working moms? And I think a stay-at-home mom is a working mom as well. She's just got like 17 different hats. Uh, (laughs) So I think it's useful for that. You know, I don't think you're being exclusive here. I think it, it really fits the mold for any new mom. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think this framework fits the mold for any individual, right? You're yeah. you're more effective when you are more tuned to yourself and taking care of yourself first. And it really isn't selfish. What I think about, though, is I think it's really hard for women, especially, I know for myself and working women, especially, again, because of these mantras we've kind of been told about, like, you know, just like how to play the game, keep up with the boys, you know, it's hard for us to say no. And I found uh-huh. that it was a lot easier for me to say no to things that didn't serve me or Mm -hmm. to say, I'll Mm -hmm. do that later Mm -hmm. if it didn't serve me. If I had something I was saying yes to. Mm -hmm. And if I knew the reason why I was saying yes. Yeah. Right. So if I was able to say, well, I'm saying no to that, but not just because I'm like, no, I don't know. I'm being selfish. Because I feel selfish. Just be like, no, no, no. Like if I'm saying like, no, I have to say yes to me having five minutes in the day, which is not much, of me sitting there quiet, right? Right. Because I know that if I don't do that, everything is going to go to pot. Like, I have to say yes to me getting adequate sleep. I have Mm -hmm. to say yes to me eating well, you know, so that I have the energy that I need. Like, it's not saying no just for the sake of saying no, right? It's saying yes so that then I do have those reserves that I need because the chaos of life is not going anywhere. So that's why I never love it when people go like, Oh, just be more productive. Just be more efficient. Uh, Here's like all these uh-huh. tips and tricks to be efficient yeah. because that is a part and piece of things. But that without perspective is like, doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. You're missing the boat. You know, yeah. you don't have the perspective. I love that <laughs> because I just think it's something that exists and is out there, but unless you are surrounding yourself with that, that village that kind of helps you get there, it, it like goes in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people, especially on Instagram and, and you're right there, you know, the shift in which people are getting their information. Like I know I get a lot of information because I've curated my Instagram to be that, right? Like what serves me is, you know, checking out child development pages or, or things like that rather than, you know, whatever else I was on before. It's own kind of little village that, you know, and if you're getting a lot of negative stuff or, you know, a post is making you feel bad, then you don't have to follow that person, right? Uh, I think that's the right. kind of expectations that are placed that still exist, but you can protect your energy in that way as well. And so that's why when we were able to kind of like check out like the, your Instagram and your website, it just, it seemed very inviting, very non-judgmental, and just the, the stuff that you're talking about in terms of that self-care and setting the priorities and saying it like these just like nice kind of tips and tricks. Is there anything else that you recommend for mommies? Like obviously saying yes, if, if you think it's going to benefit, but do you have any other kind of 
little tidbits that you like to share with your yeah. mommies and parents? I mean, so I said, you know, it's not all about efficiency and productivity, but there are actual tactical steps that people can take in the name of basically streamlining, right? <laughs> like right. creating less clutter kind of outside mm-hmm. of the things you care about so that that way you do have the time and energy to focus on what you care about. So that's where I am when it comes to efficiency and productivity. So I'll give you kind of four examples. So I divide up all the stuff that kind of doesn't matter for moms, shouldn't matter to moms in four categories. So one I call like the non-negotiables. And this is all the stuff that you have to get done and kind of only you can do it. So for example, for me at work, this is like my patient notes that I have to do. I'm the only Mm -hmm. person that has to do, but I have dot phrases that make it so that I put dot ear and it pre-populates a paragraph, oh, okay. right? And then I can yeah. go in and make modifications, you know, mm-hmm. so that it's, of course, appropriate for the patient. But yeah. I'm not spending all my mental energy thinking about how to put something in grammatically correctly every uh, single yeah. time over yeah. and over, right? Yeah. And that's because that's something that I have to do day in and day out. But if it takes too much time, then it makes it so I don't have time for other things. Similarly, like laundry, for example, my husband and I divide up tasks in our house. That's a whole whole other <laughs> conversation. Yeah. But um, yeah. we divide up tasks. Laundry's on my list. And so I have chosen that laundry will be only on Thursday nights from seven to nine. Okay. And on Wednesdays, I start doing loads like within the washer and dryer and I put it on the bed. And then Thursday nights from seven to nine is when I fold and put away. Yep. And if it doesn't happen then, then it stays on that bed until the next week. Because mm. otherwise, I think about it constantly, yeah. right? So taking that mental space. So that's like kind of where you put the non-negotiables. You put a time and a place for every single thing, and you make them as efficient as possible. That's where like you want to read all the books about, mm-hmm. you know, seven habits of highly effective people or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then the other category I think about is the swappables. And those are like mm. the things that someone else could be doing for you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for a long time, you know, I was the one doing the cooking and yeah. doing the laundry and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And my husband and I got caught up in those like 1950s mm-hmm. gender role, mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. like everybody else does. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, yeah. The same happens for non-heterosexual couples, right? I mean, absolutely. this is just a relationship thing. Yeah. And so my husband is responsible for weeknight dinners. And if for some reason he's not there, we get cheap takeout mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. I have in my house like chicken and broccoli and pasta at the ready and I just make the simplest meal that I can for my kids yeah. you know and myself and on weekends or if I'm I mean geez pre-COVID right if I was having like, a party or something but not during the week like I have other stuff to do right so giving other people the chance really it honestly is a gift to give other people the chance to be involved mm-hmm. because I mean, A, I see my daughters looking at my husband and seeing him being the person who's the chef in our house. Like, that's great. That's what they will expect, you know, when they go into their relationships. And B, it gives the other partner ownership within the household and a place of like feeling like, yes, this is my tribe. This is my community. Same goes for your kids. If your kids are old enough and they can do chores in your house, absolutely. How Mm -hmm. bad do the chores, right? Because we know actually the research is amazing about kids doing chores and feeling like that actually can be a, a resilience builder for kids. Right. And then the other category is kind of the contaminators. And these are all the things I don't divide it up this way in the book, but it's how, like, since I've written the book, how it's come to categorize it. So <laughs> but contaminators are all these things that are like extra fluff that you don't need to do. So I talk about in the book, just like 
why are you joining the extra committee? Right. Like, is you got to check mm-hmm. in. Is that about guilt? Is mm-hmm. that about you don't want to be seen as less like a contributor? Do you want to be seen as the like do it all mom? Like, why are you like being the one who contributes to the bake sale? Like, you got to just say no. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. My kids are having an auction at their school this week. My oldest daughter and I was like, "Where can I write a check?" Right. Like, I don't want to go buy something. Nope. Uh-uh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just take me off the email list. I don't care. Like, you know, I care about their schools. I don't mean to be like, you know, flip it. No, but no, it's just, no, yeah. Yeah, you know, you don't have, I don't even have time. You don't need and one then, more place to go. One more thing. Right. To exactly. On one more thing to do. One more, one more thing to put on your mental load list. And then the other are these, like, heartstrings. You know, the, that's the positive way to think about it. The other would be, like, more negative. It's like the, the guilt, the guilt that comes in around, you know, grandparents that really want to see you and your kids for this period of time, but it actually doesn't work for your family. That's actually kind of caused more stress and more strain for your family. It's the friend that you, you know, said that you would help out with their letter of reference for something and like, gosh, it just won't work for like this moment. But if you had, you know, two months worth like that of time, that would work. That's, that's kind of where you're setting boundaries. Right. These really healthy boundaries around this will work for our family or it will not. And I have a whole section in the book that's about kind of extended family and how to deal with that as a working mom and just being cognizant of the fact that some people grew up in a different time and place mm-hmm. that, than we did and mm-hmm. and how to deal with that. You know, with my um, in-laws, I will when they send me a text that's like, what do the girls want for their birthdays? I loop my husband in and I'm like. I don't know, your mom wants to know what they want for your birthday. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so that I'm not the one who has responsibility. Or I just send it back to her and say, hey, you know what? I feel like you've been around them enough. You picked out something. I'm sure they'd love it. Yeah. Like, yeah. sorry, can't, like, take that on, right? So those are kind of the main categories where people can clear away, like, the clutter or clear away the time sucks or the guilt sucks that keep us from being our most effective, intentional selves as parents and as individual. I think it's a great way to, to think about it. Cause I, I think a lot of those things are like very, not very time consuming in themselves, like sending a quick text or doing that. But I think the decision-making of having to be like, let me think, let me make a decision of what I'm going to recommend for a gift. Yeah. Like the mental load of that, even if it, and, and then also the fact that there's so many of those little things that you could end up having things take hours if you do all of them, even though they seem small. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the resentment that builds up, yep. you know, I mean, I'm not that resentful about a gift request, but in no, general, it, right. It adds like, up. When yeah. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if you are kind of the default parent, default house person, default organizer of yeah. household events, de- you know, I mean like, gosh, that's a lot. And the thing is, I think as moms, we're pretty good at like kind of shoving it down and talking negatively to ourselves when we feel like we are like complaining in our heads, right? So we're kind of like either, oh, I'm not a good enough mom, or I shouldn't be complaining because I should just suck it up. I should just do it. But the reality is we can't, you know. It, it comes at a price. I think once you start thinking of it that way, right, it comes with some sort of price. And right. are you willing to pay that price, which may not happen right now. But it could happen, you know, in a few days, in a few months, in a few years. And I love that trick about the the laundry. I feel like 
laundry's been the bane of my existence the last couple months and I don't know mm-hmm. why other than just I just I'll clean it but the freaking folding sometimes I'm just over it I'm just want to get rid of everything <laughs> like why do we have so many no but even just putting kind of like boundary I mean I organize everything else in my life right mm-hmm. and while you know weekends are usually you know laundry day for our family I've even noticed just kind of doing a load here and there throughout the week is like a game changer right. it's just the folding the folding oh my gosh but I like that it's oh, yeah. just I can't there. do it all at once yeah I have to do like mine one day Logan's another day like yeah towels and like linens another day because yeah it's the putting it away yeah yeah it yeah. takes so much time especially because it always happens to me that it's when he's taking a nap and I can't put his clothes away because then it's sitting right. there and it bothers oh, me oh my god yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that's so funny yeah yeah for sure I follow this one gal on Instagram that like she like redoes her home like constantly like that's her thing and she has like a huge home in like Tennessee and she has a freaking washer and dryer in her closet in her main room I was like oh my gosh this is just like a game changer like that's amazing but obviously you know she had the time and energy and money to be able to do that not all of us can but yeah just even putting like simple like I said I I schedule everything else (laughs) you know I have to sometimes schedule calls with my friends right so why not just kind of divvy up how and when you're doing certain chores um because I think like you said it also it all goes back to that self-care as well which I think is is really something that is not talked about enough um or even like you said finding that person that may want to help um it's not Mm -hmm. easy a lot of times people don't like asking for help um even when they're not necessarily asking, but somebody's offering. It's sometimes easier when you, you know, if you have somebody that is just becoming a new mom, you go, okay, I'm bringing you food on Tuesday. I'll just leave it at your door. You know, that's it. I remember like going to a birthing class and them saying, just tell people that. (laughs) Just tell them, bring whatever food on a Tuesday, you know, get the meal trains going. And that's sometimes easier, right? To ask for than to try to leave it out in the open and then you're worried like are they going to come in do they want to visit like do I have to because then that's that whole separate kind of mommy guest put that you put on right or even Um, just the the mental load of remembering to ask for help or remembering to ask for something like I'm constantly telling my husband all the time like because he's like just ask me if you need help with stuff and I I don't have the energy to ask you like I just need you to do it (laughs) I just need you to recognize what needs help and do it (laughs) Yeah, well, that's where that division of labor, division of chores comes in because, yeah, I, that's same with my husband, right? Where I'm like, dude, check the list. I don't know, yeah. check the list. Yeah. <laughs> check and see what needs to get done. You know, I was going to say about the self care piece too that I think we're starting to see a new movement around that. You know, I yeah. think, of course, for a long time, people talked about self care like a retreat or yes. you go do spa yoga day. or you yep. know, yeah, spa day, whatever. And my definition really of self-care is that you have moments that are not about performance, that are not about appearances, that are not about like should do, could do, that are about what you want to do in that moment. And that are about reconnecting kind of to those deepest parts of you. And I break it up in the book, you know, about kind of small little moments that anyone could do five minutes a day in the shower, on the way to work, listening to your favorite music, right? It doesn't have to be that you're you're singing Kumbaya with your eyes closed, right? And Mm -hmm. then trying to take one hour, three days a week 
I divided up usually two weekdays and then uh, like one hour on the weekend. And yeah. oftentimes it's more than that, but I just try to set that as kind of a, a goal at a minimum. And sometimes I'll work out or do something that's, you know, exercise or whatnot, but sometimes I'll just go drive and sit in my car, you know, and yeah. sometimes I'll, I'll go write, like, which is work, but it's like, I'll write about something that no one's ever going to see. It's like a, you know, just a cool thing that I've been thinking about, or I'm writing like fiction, you know? So I don't think it has to be that you're sitting there in silence or in like perfect meditation or whatnot for, for an hour. I think it's just about things that, that reconnect you to yourself and that make you feel refreshed and restored. Like I said, I think the scheduling, the planning for some people works, right? So just having in mind a goal and, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing, you know, from Sunday from one to two, like leave me alone. Like just even that (laughs) I think is something and like make it known. And you just even mentioned like, oh, check the list. Like sometimes that I think is even like, I've never even thought of that. Like having an ongoing, like I have lists all the time, like in my own little like planners and stuff. Stuff like that, but to have we have like a calendar um, where we pre COVID we used to put all the activities right that we would be doing, but you know we've used that to like divide the household chores and things like that. But just to even have oh things to do right, so that it's just constantly not just in your mind or on your list, but is there you know for your partner to do you know happy spouse happy house right so like, i think that's super yeah, important for sure and there's an amazing book i'm always like promoing her just because she's so amazing and oh, her, that's her funny. stuff i yeah. thought was good is jancy dunn how not to hate yeah. your husband after kids i don't know if you guys know her but i got i got that recommended from a friend when i was pregnant and i bought it and i read it and it like it was so like good to it was a, such a good read and I actually when I was looking through your Instagram I saw that you had her on your podcast and I was like oh my gosh I have to like it was a great book to read and now like anyone I know that's like pregnant I try to recommend that because like just I like how she tells it from like her perspective of like what she's actually done not just yeah. here are some tips but like let me actually walk you through the like conversations and the scenarios Right. Yeah, no, I think it's incredibly helpful. And it's funny, actually, I mean, with this book, that has been the most picked up piece of it, right? Yeah. That has been the piece that, that people have said, like, oh, my gosh, tell me more about that part. How do right. I divide mm-hmm. stuff up with my partner? Because I think that is also something that culturally is changing. I yeah. think just that we are starting yeah. to realize, like, we, you can't do this alone. If you don't have a partner, you need grandparents or you need a friend or, you know, you need a nanny or a sitter or a childcare provider yeah. at a childcare center, yeah. anything to make this work. You know, there's a whole section about finding childcare providers in the book. I had an amazing childcare provider. I was so lucky. And now she's no longer with me. She has her own kiddo. She's kind of moved on. Yeah. But now when I'm trying to find childcare for my kids, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is literally the bane of my existence. Right. So it is all about really this commitment, I mm-hmm. think, to deciding I'm only one person Mm -hmm. and I can do really hard things. I have a little sticker on my computer that says beautiful girl. You can do hard things. I don't have to do all the things. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And in fact, I'll be so much better at the things I do do if I give some of that to other people or say no to doing it in the first place. Absolutely. And I think just having a template, right. And it doesn't mean that like, you know, I can be creative in different ways, but I think my husband is even more creative 
than me when it comes to playing with the Legos or doing whatever, right? And I think that once you kind of let go of that, and there's all these resources, and especially something as easy as just going to your Instagram, and then you kind of start normalizing it. So then it's just like, oh, I think yeah. I have an idea of how to, you know, prior or how to um, divvy up the the chores or like, oh, let me pick up her book so that we can, t- you know, I can get some more ideas. Um, and, yeah. and with that, I, I just want, as we're wrapping up, Dr. Winnie, so... When does the book come out? And can you say the title one more time for our listeners? Yes, absolutely. So the book comes out May 11th. It's okay. available anywhere books are sold. And it's called The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing it Yourself. And you can always follow me to, like you were mentioning on yeah. Instagram, that's where I hang out the most, <laughs> um, at modernmommy.com. Yeah. See, I love it. A blueprint, a template, right? It's just like something to help you <laughs> kind of get started. Mm-hmm. And then, so Dr. Winnie, is Instagram the best place that people can reach you if they had any additional questions or comments, like just slide into your DMs? <laughs> yes. Slide, yes. Slide into my DMs. Yes. No, that is where I hang out and the most. And that is like you were saying, where you can find these little like bite-sized <laughs> snippets mm-hmm. of more of the philosophical Mm. pieces, but then also those practical tidbits. And we do, if you look actually on our highlights, there's a place that says Mindset Mondays. And we Mm. go through this entire framework there and it's actually interactive. You can like take screenshots and type in and that type of thing. So it's a kind of cool look at um, the philosophy too. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. You are still a practicing pediatrician, so we know that you have patients that are not us, your faux patients, (laughs) getting advice from you. (laughs) But Dr. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It, It was an honor to have you on. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See ya. Bye. Bye.